Hey, what's up? You're in the doghouse. It's me, John Joe. And it's me, Matt. And you're here for Two Men on the Run. Two Men on the Run, I like the sounds of that. So we're here, episode three now. Um, and I know we've uh, we've got an interesting topic. Uh, we're recording this uh, quite early on in the day, to be fair. Uh, it's 8.40. And um, yeah, we've got an interesting topic to talk about. It's a, it's a testicle testimony. Um, what? I'll pass, I'll pass over to you, John Joe, because I what? know it's... Uh, what you want to talk about my balls? Come on, man. That is that is a hot topic, especially for all the ladies out there. And this heat wave. Cut, cut. <laughs> yeah, I've got a great story about my balls, and you're gonna love this story. I didn't really want to tell. I didn't really want to talk about this to anybody, but I do tell Matthew everything. You know, when we're, we're training together. Um, and I know he, 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 he tells Jade, which I'm not happy about because Jade's his partner in crime, fiance. She's got a big mouth, you know. So it's time to get this story out there. The te- testicle testimony, <laughs> that's what you're calling it, Matthew. Yeah, well, I mean, it's for, for runners, you know, they don't want to talk about these men, men, men problems, you know, men issues. Uh, perhaps they, they've got these underlying sort of issues. Uh, and um, by talking about it, perhaps we can create some kind of discussion. Um, and I've, I've, I've been reading about it. This all started for me. I'll outline my, my own little pro- problem, but it wasn't really a problem. Or is it, it still is, I don't know. Um, I, I think I'd like to go to, to what, what the problem was before, you know, you, you cut off and, and, and you make your own judgments. What, what it was, pain, okay? And I think the pain stemmed from jumping up from 30, 40 miles a week to 60, 70. You know, obviously that was, it was desperation, but defeat and wanting to improve. Uh, and, um, you know, coming to this sport as, a, as a, an older runner um, and, and feeling, and he really needed to, 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 to kick out on. And um, this 5%, would you agree it's 5% generally the, the um, in terms of mileage, Five percent of your your mileage, you would increase, perhaps. Yeah, five to ten percent. Yeah, but whereas no I no more than that. Yeah, so no more than that. And yet, I I had increased by um, God, you're talking fifty percent, you know, which is uh, maybe I don't know. You see, I, and and you do, you can't find much information about this. So it started with a pain in um one what round that that area, you know, which which we don't like to discuss as men. We we we're, we're quite. Um, it's, it's, it's still dumped today. Predominantly men will not discuss, uh, whereas women, you know, very loose women, um, on the telly and whatnot, they'll discuss it with great passion or on their own sort of, um, perhaps issues and whatnot. So for men, I think it's, it's time for, for me to discuss my balls <laughs> in the hope that other men, um, also have problems with their balls <laughs> and we can fix all our balls together listen i don't want to talk don't want to take up all the air time that's, that's not fair that's not fair because it's a long story um do you want to do you want to cut in and have you got any feelings uh or do you want me to progress uh proceed 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 let's proceed with the story proceed uh, proceed the, the, the audience okay are, uh, okay on the okay. edge of the seats on the edge of the, the edge of the seats the balls Oh, God. Cut! Cut! Okay, right. Um, the pain. I'll just, just tell you what the pain was. Okay. 
it was a pain around that area and um, I believe that it was from excessive running but I didn't know what it was and of course you think about cancer and testicular cancer and, and you see the advertisements not that they do much I don't think um, in terms of men talking about it amongst themselves no um, they may help in terms of people getting to their doctors maybe they do I'm not sure of the statistics um, but for me um, you can you can hear me going around the houses here it's difficult to talk about you know as, as a man um, so initial sort of fears what is this pain what is it you know what is the pain and um, so I I had I went to the doctor but you can't get a doctor these days you know thanks to this Tory government or, or, or maybe Tony Blair's Labour government you can't get a doctor but you can get a nurse and I got a nurse and nurses are great don't get me wrong nurses are great but on this occasion, um, the lady in question, um, <laughs> oh, geez, Louise, that's my cousin there in Ireland, Louise. Yeah, you don't want to hear this either, this story. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I want to go right to the, what was the issue? Okay, I don't want to go, don't want to tell this story and sort of lead you on down the garden path because it's so embarrassing. But what it was, was varicoceles, okay? That, that ultimately is what, what, I, what I've got and what all my, all most men have, actually. Uh, but some, some of it leads to pain. And varicoceles in the testicles are basically like varicose veins in the legs. And um, we all actually, uh, I think the urologist, because that's where it got to, would say, oh, yes, this is quite ordinary, you know. And and um, from the road, we don't know. He, he sort of didn't have the time. He was very rushed, I think, as well. I did my own research. Um, but um, were Matthew would, would, I'm sure, enjoy telling Jade stories, uh, what happened to me was a tragedy, a misfortune, where I went in, you know, with the pains initially, and this nurse... I don't really think she she understood or, or, or I'm sure she was very she had a lot of experience in, in other areas but I'm not sure whether she really should have been diagnosing like she did and and she took a look and she went into another room and I got this feeling that she really didn't know what she was doing sadly I'm not saying all nurses are like this I'm sure they, they, they are skilled of course they are but on this occasion she went to speak to another doctor who didn't see me came back into the room and diagnosed me with chlamydia. Oh, <laughs> ouch, that hurts. Really, I said, um, I'm sorry, you know, I'm not gonna, and then she proceeded to write me a prescription, okay? Um, I didn't, I didn't, I said to her, I'm gonna wait for the result of this urine, um, urine uh, test, you know? Um, I'm not gonna take, or, or go and get these. I told her straight, I said, she said, why? She questioned why I would wait um, because I didn't trust that diagnosis, the way she, just the way it all happened, you know. Um, this was in my beloved St. Helens and, and the hospital itself. Um, and, I, I, you know, I'm quite outraged about this as well because this has probably happened to a lot of other people, but they've gone and taken the pills, you know. They've gone and got the prescription and whatnot. So, thankfully, I find a doctor who was really, really nice lady, and um, she... I could see by the look on her face, quite perplexed as to what had happened and, and whatever she thought about it, I felt it was negative from the emotions. She said, right, what we do, we have a gum clinic, um, ball clinic, I don't know 
you want to call, call me. Um, so I said, oh, God, I don't want to go there. Jeez, Louie, you know, I, I don't really want to go there. It's embarrassing. I said, no, no, you've got to go there, really, because that's the way they secure the, the, the specimen of the, the urine, you know, and, and that's how they do it in this place. This is the reason why the, the, the sample is no good, because they don't pass them around. Well, well, why take it in the first place? Didn't make any sense. But I went back, and I had a hugely embarrassing moment when I recognised someone. But it wasn't that embarrassing for me. But the lady who, who um, you know, lo lovely lady, she, um, I, I felt as though, oh, it's hard to talk about this again. Everything about the whole story, really. But... Um, I'd have been quite willing to speak with, with her, but then she she appeared to want to not not re, not want to recognise me on, on that level, you know. Um, obviously, the professionalism and, and wanting to, to that just meant made me feel more uncomfortable being there. Anyway, I got the sample. I, I gave a sample in the ball clinic, <laughs> <laughs> and it came back that there was nothing wrong. You know, oh, well, there you go, nurse, ratchet. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, but this, the problem again, this lady, I'm, I'm full of problems, I, you know. This lady um, probably never found out about her misjudgment. I, I'd like her to know that it was a misjudgment, and I hope um, that it, 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 will, it will happen again. But she, could, she could be listening now, John Job. She could uh, be how she finds out. I hope they are listening. Um, so then, but then the problem is still there. What the hell is this? You know, um, it's not the diagnosis of chlamydia. Of course it's not. I knew that. But um, what is it? What is the pain? So I, I go for the, the scan then the, 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 the Department of Urology and Wiston. And, um, and this guy, you know, with the, um, the scanner thing. I forget what you call these things. It doesn't really matter. Um, and um, what, what kind of scan is it? Oh, anyway, anyway, um, he immediately, immediately gives me the diagnosis. Oh, this is varicose. It's very common. Um, in fact, most men have them. You know, it's it's quite. Nice. But some men, it gives them pain. And he he didn't have the time to discuss. You know what? And I, for me, it was quite. I, I felt it was running related. So, I've got the diagnosis, and now I'm looking for a cure. Uh, um, sorry, gone. I think you. No, I, I, well, I was just going to say then, that was, um, and I suppose that was then when you first sort of discussed it with me then on a run one time, we were out uh, at uh, Statmore's yeah. and uh, you, you, you mentioned it in the conversation, well, you, you'd mentioned it previously, you, you were getting some pain and things like that, and to be fair, you, you, you thought you were dying. Um, Did I really? Yeah, 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 that's yeah, interesting. Like, I haven't got long left, to be fair. Oh. I, think, <laughs> I think I've got the cancer, was I think what you said to me when... Uh, yeah, yeah, I did say that, that's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. And... Um, so uh, how quickly we forget these things, uh, you know, and, yeah. and we shouldn't, you know. Um, yeah, I did. I did say that. Yeah. But then, uh, obviously, then you, you you got that diagnosis, and you were discussing it with me, and you were saying how you thought it was uh, the running, and um, we were talking about then um, what we were as our uh, our underwear, really. Yeah. And that became the discussion of, of of the difference, and you know, um, it turned out obviously you were running. Were you running in your boxes, or were you just running in the shorts? Were yeah, just uh, I think yeah for a long yeah always in, in just in shorts. Just really. in shorts, you see. Floating free. <laughs> yeah, big whereas, mistake. <laughs> whereas myself, I've always been um, a briefs person, uh, and I don't know whether that, that was sort of 
I think that was just what I was bought growing up, and it's always what I've worn. And, bri- and, br- and briefs, by the way, which oh, I wasn't really that sure. The, the old-fashioned stuff, you know, the old <laughs> kind of like knickers, really, you know. <laughs> which is interesting because when I when I started in the, this COVID lockdown, Matthew kind of let me a, a, a pair of briefs. I didn't. I didn't no. I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Five books, which I've, I've read them all, and I've read a sixth from uh, the Honourable Richard Burney there. Um, so I've read six. I've had great success with reading. I've got these little stories, you know, and Lydiard, um, who you call the Don, maybe? Uh, no, Bernie referred to him as the Don, and, and this... this uh, He's, yeah, the father, I would father say, of the, um, the running boom and the running sort of culture as we sort of know it today, I, not I would say. Not, well, not the culture, but the, the, the training the sort tra- of... Yeah, the, the training, the, the but also the culture. Of, he was okay. very much into the mass, you know, getting everyone out active and yeah. fit and things like that, and obviously that, you know, sort of... Late seventies, eighties, you know the the dawn 60s, of London. Sixties, wasn't it? Sixties. Yeah. It was okay. round there, but obviously the well, dawn got, of like yeah. the London Marathon right, and, yeah. and things that. And, um, yeah, seventies obviously kicked off in America. There was a big running boom in America and things like that and stuff. And his training methods were really bit. And, and and in the book, I can really, um, bit clearly paraphrase uh, what was uh, what was said in regards to him going into a uh, a lady's shop and buying. A pair of knickers, um, because they were running long distances to support his package. Um. <laughs> so yeah, he he did that, and then what what happened next was all his sort of athlete or the people who were training with him. They all went in there to buy some knickers to support their packages, and I'm thinking, well, why why are we why is nobody talking about this now? You know. Uh, um, and I, I just imagine, and, and it's the shorts, and now they have sort of that inbuilt sort of, but they don't always have that. And also, it's not very loose. Whereas, so Matthew's wearing the briefs, and, um, you know, I've still not got to that, that point where I've got, so I tried, I went to Mark Spencer's, and I bought very old fashioned sort of, but then it's getting stuck around the groin, it's quite uncomfortable. I certainly wouldn't be able to race in them. And the quality sessions, I tried to get rid. I've got a great pair of shorts which I bought from yourself. Um, I think the the Adidas uh, ones in particular had a bit more support. But I'm going to look for briefs. And Ron Hill do briefs. Um, I'm going to look for something that is particularly um, for what what it is that I'm engaged with. Um, but I don't think a lot of men are thinking about this. Maybe because it, it takes that pain and that that um, embarrassment, if you like, and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. Really, and, yeah. and I suppose, you know, when you, when you think about it in terms of stuff, like, we, you, you think of the areas where you've got that sort of bounce, and that for, for a man is, is the, the, the testicles there, there's, mm. you know, there's a, there's a tissue that can stretch, and they obviously cause the pain and things like that, yeah. and then, you know, but if you were wearing just boxers, or just your shorts and stuff, there's nothing holding anything in place, but I suppose if you, if you look to women, they've got the sports bra, that, you know, you know, that's the key yeah, for, for after, after the yeah. running shoes is is to have a sports bra. That's the next most important thing for a female runner because you know they've got um, the, there's certain uh, ligaments um, that if if they overstretch and things like that, it it, it does um, damage that can't be undone. You know, and, and so and essentially it, that's the same for the testicles though. You know, and obviously that's where for me that's where obviously the briefs come in is is they hold secure that package. <laughs> what, what a fine package it is. <laughs> 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 uh, but looking at, you know the books that I read this is six books um, in a short period of time for, for which for me is, is quite um, 
a great achievement and, and, and I do learn so much more from books I learned nothing in school someone's standing in front of me you know um, but in a book just the structure I really gained from that kind of, of, of learning but it, it's it's work and you've got to be disciplined and in one of the books Evan Coughlin um, he's wearing a jock strap and, and I just he just thought well why is he wearing a jock strap no one's ever talked about this to me before you know wearing jock straps he's wearing a jock strap and he's going into a, what just one event one race and he, he's forgotten his jock strap and he asked the team doctor or someone in the team um, this lady actually I've got no jock strap and he's worried I'm thinking well it's only one race why would you be worried you know about one race not having a jock strap it's obviously very important to him he doesn't outline though in this this paragraph or um, about the importance of it and why he's wearing it I'd like to ask him that question um, and then he, he gets this other jock strap and as he's going around the final bend it, it falls falls <laughs> through <laughs> through the sort of the shorts an embarrassing moment are you thinking but it's obviously very important to him because he's he's, he's actually just on this one occasion he, he's he's made great efforts to get someone else's jock strap to wear um to hold his package in place. Um, so I'm really thinking about this now. <laughs> and I suppose there's another story as well. And I, you, you mentioned uh, the, the, the fella in this story a while ago. I'm sure, I'm sure Richie uh, won't men uh, mind us uh, talking about it on here. Sorry, who's that? Uh, Richie Burney. Richie no, Burney. no, what's the story? Oh, the story. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so obviously, um, Richie's an experienced, experienced runner. Um, you know, worked with a lot of different running brands and, and in, in running stores as well. And back at the inter-counties cross-country, um, probably, oh, probably I know, four, I know four that. years ago now, <laughs> oh, yeah. Richie decided we're Merseyside, so it's a purple vest. Um, Richie had a pair of old purple shorts that he had for years and years. And uh, he dug them out that morning. He was our fastest in the team going into the race. Um, he was going to be our, probably our first counter. He had these, these purple shorts on. He set off. Um, we all thought actually he'd missed the start because we were all waiting in the pen and uh, we saw him coming along just as they were getting ready to uh, to start us. So we thought he'd missed it, but he, he got going. Um, but what turned out is he ended up dropping out after about a K of the race because the inner lining of the shorts had worn away and he wasn't wearing briefs and he wasn't wearing boxes and he was hanging out with those shorts <laughs> going around. <laughs> and there was a lot of people there watching. It was the Intercounties Championships. Lots of kids and stuff like that, and Richie just didn't feel comfortable enough to continue racing in that situation. And his pride, and, uh, pri his pride and joy were on display. You think he'd have continued? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, God, yeah. So it's all about uh, preparation. Everything you got to think about these things and and discuss. I think discussing them with with um, it, it, with, with the guys who you're running with, um, and and to to feel like you're able to discuss it. Uh, and not to, to, to um, you know, I, I just I, I go back, you know, men, men, men don't talk about these things half as much as, as I believe that we, sh we should do. No, I, think, I totally agree with you there. And, um, yeah, so um, if, if you're having issues with your uh, your balls, uh, you know, why not drop us a message and stuff like that on, uh, uh, on the podcast or... and things, and uh, <laughs> we can discuss it next time. <laughs> and what I'm looking forward to is a product in your store which will support my package... Matthew, um, because you're you're still not taking this seriously enough, <laughs> despite you supporting your own packages. Um, so yeah, yeah, let's discuss this, guys, and and maybe there are there are other people who, you know, they've not just didn't want to talk about it. 
And um, they've had similar embarrassing sort of diagnoses and God knows what over something that, yeah. Uh, and and th- then, of course, is it running that's causing it? I think it's got to be, really. I mean, what else could it be? You know, you, you, you know although the, the doctor uh, didn't have the time to discuss it and he, he did say, well, we don't know, we can't prove anything. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of information out there because I did a bit of research. Um, I didn't get much. You know, I got something in Africa, uh, some small-scale sort of mention about the issue. Um, can we move on from the topic of my bollocks, please? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we, 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 we've done 20 minutes now talking about our balls. So, I mean, let's, uh, let's jump on to it. I mean, so... Let's just find out, you know, how's training going at the moment? What have you been, what have you been up to? We're in the middle of a heat wave now. Um, you know, it's, 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 we had the hottest day of the year yesterday. Um, this is what we're, we're Thursday the 25th today uh, that we're recording the show. It'll come out, um, it'll be a, probably a couple of weeks into the future when you're hearing this. Mm. Um, but yeah, what, what have you been up to, John Joe? Um, well, I made a huge mistake this week. Um, I got my roof sort of... Um, because, you know, the back uh, can sort of uh, lean to conserve, it's more of a storage space. And I had it completely done, and it was a great job, my cousin was involved, great job, don't get me wrong. But I've now got absolutely, it's affected the light terribly, and there's no no light in that room. And now, now that's got, what's that got to do with running? But, you know, if it, if it affects um, your mood, maybe, you know, th- um, that could affect your training, maybe, but that that's... Uh, Maybe that that it has nothing to do with running, but I think everything's related because the way you're feeling in your own ordinary life, just these little things can mean mean really big things. I had a lot of light, and it's it's been stone, you know, and um, and um, but yeah. In other news, with myself, I bought a new pair of trainers off your good self, and uh, Adidas, Adidas, however you want to pronounce the name, and I'm I'm really impressed with the humble sort of um, the colours. Um, minimalism, but the slight, the black and the red and the white. I think for me, um, the presentation of the shoe was was almost perfect, really. And, and I, I've I've not got a lot of time for the, for many of the designs, for, um, but this for me. But for me, you know, I'm just one person. Um, in terms of the shoe comfort, well, well I'm gonna gonna go for my first session in them today, so I can't really talk too much about them. But they do feel really comfortable, um, and I. Um, but yeah, uh, before you talk about your own um, training, yeah, really progressing with the Liverpool Harriers, um, and looking forward to representing Finn Valley as well in my father's homeland of Donegal, and uh, I feel as though I must be in the form of my life with the quality that's been introduced. I, I've slightly lowered the mileage from sixty to seventy to fifty, which I think you probably do anyway around this period. Um, I think that was a sensible move. Um, I'd say you made the mistake of going to 144, you know, but who am I to judge? It's up to you what you do. But that didn't make sense for me, and you, you're going to defend that uh, very shortly. And, 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 you, and I'm, uh, that's, that's good. But um, for me, uh, just slightly reducing it, but meant really quality and getting used to that quality, because I've not done that before, so that's where we're very different as well. You're used to that kind of quality, perhaps, whereas I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, I do the old quality session, but not, not so much. Um, so I'm really happy where things are, and this idea that, that there are going to be races, people were calling this off a few weeks ago, no race, no races, but I always think, well, hang on a minute, just wait, hang fire, you know, they were saying great things about the government, 
when when they first started dealing with you know I could hear people going on banging on about oh Boris is wonderful and the government are doing a great job. Well, that also changed. The the opinion uh, generally, I think, has been much more negative towards the government. And to be honest, I'm disinterested these days with politics. Um, I, I really am. I don't I don't want even want to go there because I, I go on about it. But um, it, people's what I'm trying to emphasise is people's opinions. Uh, change and things change and, and in terms of racing yeah I if the pubs are opening why wouldn't we be racing uh, if football fans go back to the stadium stadia de Anfield you know for these you know which I don't know how far that is off but as soon as you as soon as that goes ahead as soon as you have 40 50 thousand fans in a stadium how can you not have races and that's what I'm looking forward to not watching the football because I'm not really interested but just to, to get out there and 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 get the PBs. Uh, um, go on, Matthew. Well, to yeah. be fair, you know, coming off the back of that, there was um, there's a couple of interesting uh, points to sort of discuss that I saw in the news and things like that. So one was a, a post from Athletics Island, actually, right. um, which was their plan to return to racing. So they're hoping. I think I think uh, across the board in in Ireland, they've said from and the dates might be wrong here, but I'm fairly certain it was the 29th of June. Um, you can have gatherings of up to 200 people. So if you can have gatherings of up to 200 people, therefore you can have a race that is you know, a smaller, low-key, low, you know, local race. For example, the St. Helens Striders race here um, is one of our local ones, it's our local, one of our local clubs. They host it. They only have a max of 250 runners. It'd be quite easy for them to cap it at 200 instead um, and host that race. And that race normally goes ahead in November. So obviously if the UK... Uh, adopt similar sort of rules to uh, Ireland um, that race should be able to go ahead and obviously we should then be able to see other races of those sort of numbers still the likes of maybe London Marathon that's obviously been postponed till the 4th of October um, is, is, is still a bit up in the air and obviously New York Marathon um, which is a November race uh, cancelled yesterday which was I suppose a big surprise to be fair to a lot of people um, because it, it was so further away and obviously America has been a lot more relaxed of, of, of late uh, regarding sort of the the, the, uh, the COVID uh, guidelines and things like that. So, you know, you would think, oh, well, America, that'll probably go ahead in November, but obviously they cancelled yesterday. And, and again, that raises that question of London. Um, last week, their statement was that they still plan on going ahead. Um, and I think Manchester Marathon, which is the week after London, postponed to the week after, um, I think... They're probably waiting to see what London do because they're a smaller marathon. Um, you know, there's going to be smaller participants. There's going to be a smaller number of uh, spectators that travel to go and watch the Manchester one as well. Um, they're probably waiting to see what London sort of say before they cancel. Um, obviously, the Great North Run, which is which is September, which is a bit sooner, they did cancel, uh, which is obviously a big event as well. So it, it is interesting. That I'm seeing a lot of people sort of arguing about, you know, London should just just come out and say they they're cancelled, they're done. But I think I, I saw another argument today that sort of said, well, look, you know, keeping it there keeps people allowing them to train and stuff like that. And and I suppose it depends where you are in your own training and where you are in your racing. But um, as you know hoping to be in that sort of elite field or the, the, the championship field myself, you know, my, if I know it's going ahead, it gives me some motivation to train for it. Um, 
and obviously that then builds me up my, my fitness and yeah it might get cancelled at a later date and close to the time but at that point the training would have been there and and I can either look to move to another event that might be smaller that is on um, or just try and hold that fitness and keep it going which is something I've done from this year's London well this earlier London marathon that should have been back in April I trained for that and obviously it was postponed and I just tried to maintain and continue that and that's where that uh, 144 mile uh, week you mentioned came in because uh, as we went into lockdown and I think I've discussed it before to be fair but um, as we went into lockdown I had a goal I, well there was no races there was no goals from that standpoint um, so I had to sort of think well you know what, what what's my motivation to train what's my motivation to go out and, and do things and I was already doing good high mileage you know 80s to 100 mile weeks um, and I thought to myself you know what I've always wanted to try and do 140 miles which was the same the, the, the furthest my dad ever went um, he was trying to build up towards the 200 mile mark which was at the time the likes of um, Dave Bedford and, and, and Moorcroft and things like that were all doing these 200 mile weeks um, and so he, he was he was building up and trying to do that but he only ever really got as far as, as 140 because that was uh, every time he got there he, he broke down with an illness or something like that uh, but he was trying to do that in the winter not in the, in the summer which is where I thought I might have the, the benefit of uh, being that we, you know I'm going to have some nice weather to, to run in um, and if I take it sensibly as well and I wasn't working at the time because we were we were still uh, locked down and the, and the shop was closed um, so I thought you know let's let's try and build to that and I can have plenty of time to recover and catch up on you know sleep and uh, ice bath and uh, foam roll and all that sort of stuff in between to really keep my legs in, in, in good nick as I go across that week and you know it, it was good fun I really enjoyed it to be fair that the pace was was good across the week I had some great runs with people um, and, it, and it was good and I, and I feel you know very fit very strong because of it and um, I've now though um, I've been chatted with my coach and, and thought well what's my next goal because still you know those races you know they're coming but we don't know when and, and, and to what how they'll be and things like that but I'm, I'm fairly certain we'll get some track stuff, um, you know, because you can control the numbers, you can control the spectators, everything like that. Um, and I thought, you know, it, it would be nice, because uh, I am in, in the shape of my life at the moment, to maybe just go after those old PBs for the 8, the 1500, the 3K, um, and, you know, and the 5K on the track, you know, those sort of distances. Um, I mean, the, the, the 800 meter PB, my 800 meter PB is 159. Um, I think 0.5 or something like that. I ran that when I was 16, um, and I never really ran an 800 in good nick after that. Um, but I'm always able, whenever I do one, always able to go out and run close to two minutes without really focusing on aiming for that specific race. So I really feel like I could, if I did do a bit, a little bit of focus on some of that shorter quality work um, now, I could go and smash that 800. And I think that that bit of speed work will help my legs then as I go back into the longer stuff as we come out of that and I aim for, for next year's London and things like that as well. Um, so it's, you know, I am playing a little bit of a completely different tune to the 144 miles I did uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And that, does that not increase your risk of injury, you know, mixing it up with these different events, you know, flat out for 800 metres, you know, the risk is it's quite significant. It is, and, that, and that's and that's one of the things that, that when I've discussed with Ray, uh, my coach, um, you know, what uh, he wants me to sort of build into it a little bit slower. Um, so I'm, I'm going to follow the same sort of programme that he's put together for Jade, because she's doing those sort of distances, um, but he wants me to increase... Um, 
the amount of uh, reps. One that suits me more from an in, from my endurance base that I that I have. Uh, but two, just to slow me down a little bit, so I don't get too carried away. I don't really you know really jump up to the fast speeds uh, straight away into it, and just slow down a little bit. Short recoveries, things like that. But obviously, as we go through um, the next sort of six weeks or so. Those, those number of efforts will drop a little bit and I will start to get that speed up but it's a gradual process rather than just jumping straight in there and, and hammering out this real quick sort of pace um, he just wants me to gradually build myself into that uh, to try and hopefully you know uh, negate any sort of injuries or anything like that had my first ice bath this week well without the ice because I don't have a freezer it's, uh, yeah yeah um, cold water it's, it was cold enough uh, lower part of the body it, it was just that initial, it's just a split second, the shot, and then I was surprised, actually, how I could just sit there. I got a bit bored, really. I don't know, I, f I read about it, I forget now, is it 10, 15 minutes? I don't know yeah, what. Yeah, 10 minutes or so. Well, I got, I got bored after about five. Well, uh, I always put the music on. I always put some music on, because three, about three songs or so, you know, it was about 10 minutes. Good so idea. Good idea. And, uh, and a nice glass of whiskey as well, just helps warm the... Whiskey? Whiskey, nice oh, glass of whiskey. Oh, yeah. Just helps warm the upper body while <laughs> it's in there, you know. Well, that's the, the, the so. great, the, the easier thing about it, because you're not Im completely immersed. If you were completely immersed, you'd go cold really quick, because the, yeah, yeah. the core would drop your temperature. But the core being above the water, so I probably didn't quite have enough cold water in there, um, and I put tried to put a bit more in, but I got fed up, you know. But um, Yeah, did it, does it, did it benefit me? Maybe, yeah, maybe it did. Can you outline the the reasons for having an ice ice bath, or the, the, what what does it do? You know, scientific or physio physiologically. Yeah, yeah. so what, I mean, obviously, it's, it's it's a recovery aid. Uh, having an ice bath. So the the idea, the concept behind it is that you know you've done a hard session or a, a long run or something, and your legs are tired. They feel a bit stiff. Usually, that stiffness is caused by uh, the buildup of lactic acid. That then. While you've cooled down, um, you know some of it has still remained in the legs. It's it's sort of pooled in there, um, and it needs you need to flush that out of the body. Um, so you know certain ways of doing that is 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 massage and and things like that, and your stretching can help and stuff. But you know ice bath is, is another way, um, and what you do is by by immersing the the legs in that sort of colder water. Um, you, you cause the blood to suddenly flow to it to, to for the body to try and keep them warm to keep them to keep them sort of you know from obviously you know if it was extreme cold conditions you you, you could get you know frostbite and things like that um but obviously it's, it isn't that cold so your body then but what your body's trying to do is protect them and trying to keep the, the them warm and things like that so it's flooding them with nice um, warm blood um that's well oxygenated and as it does that obviously then it then goes past where that lactic acid is built up and things like that in, in the blood vessels and in the muscles and things and helps to just sort of flush flush it back out um, and obviously as it comes back out it's neutralised by that oxygen that, that's being carried in the blood um, and therefore you remove it from, from the legs and things like that and help remove that stiffness and those aches and pains that you've got um, from that but also you know this and it's the same you know you put you know if you get a bit of a you twist your ankle or something like that you put ice on, on the on the uh, the joint there and um, again that's that you're doing it, isn't it in a really specific area to try and flush that system and help sort of remove um, that build up and, and things that cause that swelling and everything like that around there um, so it's that that's the concept really behind it very interesting and it, it aids a, a recovery a quicker faster recovery which means you can develop further at a faster rate 
Yeah. And athletes, of course, who have been picked up, sadly, for taking uh, banned substances, they're also trying to do the same thing illegally, um, using the, these particular methods to aid recovery. Um, yeah, I mean, right? yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, so, you know, well, you, for example, you know, steroids in, in distance runners, obviously steroids are, are typically seen with sprinters or, or weight men and things like that, you know, it's a muscle building, bulk sort of building uh, drug, um, but in distance runners, what, you know, what it was used for, and it, it, steroids don't, I don't think, get used that much by distance runners anymore, but what they were used for in distance runners were to help with recovery, um, so instead of, instead of having to take you know, instead of only being able to do one hard session a week, you know, athletes would take steroids to try and uh, help their recovery so that they could maybe put in, you know, uh, three or four really hard sessions all back to back across a week. Or they could go from, you know, a, a hundred mile week to, you know, a hundred and eighty mile week or something like that, because that would that would be the benefit of, of the steroids. But obviously, you know, that was cheating and that's wrong. And, you know, didn't, a lot of them got caught and a lot of them didn't. And, you know, blood samples are checked and they're held. Uh, a and B sample, the B sample's always held back, um, so that as the uh, the tests advance and things like that, they can be rechecked. And that's where we see a lot of athletes um, getting banned. You know, years and years after they actually took the drugs and they actually won a medal or something like that, and that medal then gets transferred. Um, in some cases, to the to the rightful athlete that should have got it if that athlete hadn't been in the race and hadn't been cheating. Yeah, I mean, what are your feelings on, on, you know, lifetime ban, you know, first time offence, end of, that's finished, you, you're out. So, I, I, for me, um, you know, a big thing about it, and I suppose my, my mind was sort of decided when um, there was the big Dwayne Chambers fiasco, um, and we're probably talking whew, maybe 2010, maybe just earlier than that. Um, where Dwayne Chambers, he he served his drug ban. He'd come back from the sport, uh, come back to the sport. He'd won a European gold medal in the relay uh, relay squad uh, with Great Britain, and then he'd gone away again and decided to have a go at American football. It hadn't worked out. Didn't he play um, rugby, rugby league? Um, I think he, he, did, he might league. have tried. Yeah, rugby yeah, league. he joined Castleford, didn't he? And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It yeah, or maybe maybe it was rugby league, not American publicity football. Publicity stunt. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, it didn't happen. It didn't work out. So he came back to the sport, and suddenly there was a new uh, chairman of UK Athletics and things like that, and, and there became this witch hunt for him, this attack on him. And, you know, yes, he'd, served his, he'd, he'd, he'd taken drugs and he'd served his ban, and if it had been a you-banned-for-life sort of rule, I'd have been fine with that, that would be the thing. But it wasn't a ban-for-life rule across the board. Um, actually, one of the only countries that had a ban uh, for life at the Olympics was the UK. No, uh, not many other countries in the world had that sort of ban. And so, you know, it was a slightly unfair in, in, in that regard that we were so, if everywhere had been the same, then you say, yeah, that's fair enough. That's the ban. That's the rule. That's it. And it, it could work as a good deterrent. But it wasn't. It was UK athletes. And so you sort of thought, well, why, why are we treating our athletes so much harsher than uh, the rest of the world? And so there was this bit of a witch hunt and everyone was having a go at him. BBC were, were always attacking him whenever they went on to. Um, you know, they were showing the athletics and you had the, the pundits there were having a go and I always felt it was just a bit unfair on, 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 the, on the guy. What about, um, him? What about though, the, the athlete who is, he's genuine and he, he's been robbed of, of 
uh, by Dwayne Chambers. Well, yeah. Well, that's you know, that's what, what about what about that? You know, what about well, that? Yeah. Well, I, it's completely you know it's completely unfair and it's completely and and that's does where he, does he not deserve a witch hunt? Well, I I don't um, think he did at the time because the thing was he'd already come back and won gold um, after serving his ban yeah. with. You for for Great Britain um, right, okay. as part of the relay team, and no one had said anything thingy then. He was It was a legitimate success. That was a legitimate yeah. success okay. as part okay. of the team. Okay. But then he'd gone away, and then come back, and there was just a different sort of um, directorship in UK athletics mm. and all that. And suddenly it was it was an attack. Um, I, I he probably didn't help himself in the fact that he wanted to. He he, he thought the whole you know um, lifetime ban on the Olympics. Um, for UK athletes was was wrong, and he wanted to compete in in, in London twenty twelve, mm. and you know and he, he, he sort of wanted to overthrow that a little bit, and I suppose that's where maybe that witch hunt came from was the the those in charge of UK athletes didn't want him to, and it, in fairness, I agree. I think that you shouldn't. I think if you serve, if you if you uh, take drugs and you get banned, you shouldn't be able to compete in um, in the Olympics uh, again. But I think that needs to be a universal rule it can't just be one country or a couple of countries making that decision it needs to be universal across the board if you take drugs that's it that's could, your could that's you, your ban could you not argue that the uk had taken a lead in regards that they have that policy that you cannot well you could but then they, they they got rid of it and they they went with all the rest of what the rest oh, of the so country you, said so they now don't have the they, don't, they don't, don't have the lifetime ban it's now just that four years so you miss you miss one olympics in that cycle you you, you take drugs you're going to miss one olympics mm. but i think if you wanted to really crack down you know the olympics is the pinnacle of athletic success mm. um and i think you know that lifetime ban on it that does um you know th that works as a slight deterrent you know you're not going to be able to get to the Olympics. you can't get to the olympics from a, a promotional financial side as a, as a professional athlete you know that's the biggest event where you can get a good payday from your sponsors and everything like that because you're on this big world stage. Um, so, you know, the, the, there's a big deterrent there to say, well, look, you're not going to be able to go to the Olympics and therefore, you know, your sponsors aren't going to be that happy with you. They're probably not going to invest as much money in you because you're not going to be able to be on that sort of stage and things like that. So why would you take drugs? Um, because you're going to lose out on all, all, all that. One, your own personal... Um, goal of, of achieving the pinnacle of success in your sport of, of, of the Olympic Games but two potentially the money that you're going to earn from the sport meaning that you might have to go get a, a job and things like that rather than being able to focus solely on your on your sport on the professionalism of, of that sport and you know that would work as, a, as a, I think a, a nice deterrent on it because the issue is you know with drugs testing and stuff like that as much as the tests advance so do the drugs and to be able to go under the radar and it's it's always going to be that sort of you know um cat and mouse um sort of you know role play on that sort of thing but the great um, the great thing about freezing blood samples and stuff is that eight is years it, down it, the line you're finding out then what's really happened in that event but then it's in a way the, the athlete that's been robbed it's it's too late isn't it that person may be retired and it well, that, that's uh, and you, you know, award him with the goal, but it's just not the same thing. No, no. I've it? seen I've seen many of the, the athletes get their medals again, and um, a friend of mine, Jenny Meadows, received um, I think uh, two or three of her medals that she should have received um, in the competitions if the athletes there hadn't been doping and things like that. Um, and she got them, you know, at like maybe an award ceremony hosted by UK Athletics, maybe uh, uh, an event put on by her own club and things like that. And it's it's nice that she got those medals, but. You know, for her, that's never gonna um, take that same sort of 
feeling of being stood on that podium inside that stadium filled with all those all those crowds and, and yeah, fans well, and things like yeah, that and, and, and get that and obviously for you know the golds with the national anthem playing you you, you know you're going to miss you miss that opportunity and miss that sort of experience I'm, I imagine it's quite a sad ceremony just to, to be given a medal that, that you, you you rightfully you you were you know going back you know it's, it's just a moment where you realize what what the sports certain individuals and not just the individuals the, the, the doctors around them who are supporting them to cheat it's a realization and jenny meadows is awarded a, a medal that she once should have had had that other athlete not cheated to me, I mean, the ceremony itself would be like a somber sort of atmosphere. Well, yeah, it would be and, and discontent. I think so, and and I think and to be fair, it probably depends on how you feel as an athlete. If you feel like you should have had that medal all along because you know, because the thing is, when you're that, you know, you're in that sort of scene, you know all the other athletes you're competing against, you know who they are, and um, the chances are you know if they're doping or not because you sort of you know the signs and you probably you, there's certain things you'll see and stuff, and I know. In the in some of the books I've got in the books you've been you've you've read as well you know there's coaches and athletes who say you know well, we knew they were cheating back then and you know it's great to hit see that the now that it's come to light that they were and things like that um but if you if you knew that back then maybe you know you'd be glad to get that medal but if if you didn't and you sort of say well you know I'm getting this medal now because they've been banned but I suppose, I don't know for for me I think maybe I'd be still in my head I'd be like well I'm getting this medal but it doesn't mean as much, not just because it's not in the ceremony that I should have got it in, but it's also, I still don't actually know if I could have beaten them if they were clean. So many doubts, so many doubts. And yet, really, people really need to rid the sport of, of that, any kind of cheating, that, that in particular. And they've certainly, they've not, They've not succeeded, have they? Because it, it continues to this day. It continues now, yeah. I mean, and yet, Russia, yet what, what is the what is the answer? Because you know the big country, Russia, America, Britain, uh, all these sort of China. The the politics, you know, they want to be seen as this powerful nation, and because of that, is that the reason why the more adept at allowing to turn a blind eye to that kind? Of, what what? Why don't all these nations and people? Just people, are they really? Stand shoulder to shoulder and rid the sport and say, "Listen, let's get rid of this completely." Because it's it's certainly achievable. Well, I think it is. I think I, I think there's they don't some. Want, why don't they want it? Well, I think there's some. You know, there's there's certain ones where you've got a big you've got the cheating of the system. So you know, I mean, Lance Armstrong, obviously not in running but cycling mm, world, yeah. was a huge you know denial and denial for years and years that he, he hadn't taken anything and eventually then came clean. Um, you've got um, obviously in the athletics world, you have the whole. Um, Oregon project with Salazar where he's then you know people were sort of saying well you know it doesn't seem right the performances seem too good and and to be fair I was a defender of Salazar for a long time I've said that in a previous a previous show um you know I really liked his philosophy his ideas um and reading his biography he was always someone to push the limits of, of what was legal within the sport but always what was legal and I, I from us I mean I come from both a sports science background and uh, you know, and, and you know, sort of things, and for me, that idea, you know, what was legal, well, I suppose that's the same as, you know, 
buying the most expensive pair of running shoes than you know the, the latest you know supposedly the best shoe you know it's legal to wear that shoe it's thingy but it's not accessible to everyone because they don't have the money or an altitude training tent um you know is you know you're talking two and a half grand for an altitude training tent that's accessible if you've got that money but not everyone has that money to spend on that or already on an unfair pl- you know platform yeah potentially. Um, but then yeah, depending on where you come from yeah but then there's which, which, but, yeah. but then there's suppose there's uh, along with Inequality. that there's, there's, there's the professional side of it if you if your job is to run and you're getting paid to run and you're then you've got you know you can relax enjoy the rest of your day you train sit back sleep a little bit do that you know these big training camps Kipchoge you know clean everything that but he spends his time running. That's what he does. That's what he's got the freedom to do. And um, whereas some of his, know, competitors. Of his competitors might have to be, you know, working all day long and everything like that, and that takes detracts away then from their running. Doesn't mean they're not as ambitious and they're not as hungry for the success that he has, but they don't have the freedom and the, and the, and that sort of thing. And you know, so and, and we're agreed that you can't really. That particular issue is a separate issue to, is. to the the cheating. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that, it is. That, it is. That's, but that's that's, that's yeah. that sort of I suppose you know within that you find what you can push the boundaries. You know that that boundaries of of doing things. So altitude train. You know altitude training tents. You know have the freedom to go to altitude. Um, you know various things like that are, are very much pushing some of the scientific boundaries on that. But they're all legal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Salazar, you know, I I, I sort of thought. You know, I defend. I sort of defended him a little bit until, obviously, then it was proven that he, you know, he, and it, he, he it was, was he proven, was, was it? Yeah, he, he, it was. Not, yeah. They've never proven that he's given anything to any of his athletes, but it's, he tested on himself. His, his son, he tested on, and one of the other coaches as well in the group. That that's all been sort of his evidence uh, to show that he was. He was testing basically. He was testing how much you could give of a certain drug mm-hmm. that would come within the league before it showed up on a test. Which obviously then does raise the question of well, if they succeeded in finding that information out, did they then dope athletes within the group? Um, but but they did it in such a way that they could get it underneath the, the tests results, mm. and then it becomes a very dark sort of area. Then in, in it's that very sort of dark, space, but very dark. Um, Surely we, you know, humanity shouldn't need to resort to that kind of well, yeah, lower itself so. to that. Deary me, deary me. So with that, on that fine note of depressive, <laughs> we're we're very good at ending the show on a on a on a on a downer. Um, oh jeez! So we wanted you to come back and listen to the nice cheerful testicle talk at the start of the next. Oh one. no! Right. So, no! Um, <laughs> <laughs> but with that said, uh, thanks again for listening. Um, yeah, if you've got any comments or anything like that, drop us a, a, a message in the comment section and things like that. Um, or you you can find me on social media. Um, not as much John Joe, a uh, bit of a Luddite. Um, but um, thanks again for listening. And uh, Until next time, this is the greatest sports show on the planet. Can we say that? <laughs> say whatever we want. <laughs> yeah!